All right. Welcome, everybody, to The Voice by Matt podcast. I'm Matt Bertho. Hi, Matt Bertho. Your host with my sidekick. I'm the sidekick, yes. Billy. <laughs> I like being the sidekick. I love. And today we have a guest mic that is right there. And that's Bree. Right, Bree? And Sydney. And Miss Miranda is chilling over there. We have Dallin chilling in, in the house and Bryce. And then we might have some other guests come in. We'll see. Uh, so today's episode is going to be kind of a live action one that we are doing during what we call Viking time. And I wanted to do this so you guys can get an idea of the student interaction that we have and kind of maybe have some students that are comfortable on the mic and uh, with the video come in and talk about how we find our voice and kind of their voice journey. So Billy, yes. uh, how are you doing today first? I'm, I'm good today. How are you doing? I'm, how was your midday workout? <laughs> well, the Whoop Band said, uh, AKA class. let's see, the Whoop Band in class. So... This morning I had an 8.9 strain, and then from in the next class, from 11.45 to almost 139, I've been going a 10.6 strain. So max heart rate in the morning one was 158. Max heart rate for the next one was 159. So I've burned about 2,500 calories today so far in the day. Um, That's impressive. That's a lot of calories. Yeah, I'm feeling it. For half a day. I'm feeling it. You need to it, eat something. I yeah. did. The last two days, okay. I've burned 4,500 calories every day. Each day? Yeah. But the reason why I say this is because my boy, Patrick Mahomes, wore a whoop band, W-H-O-O-P, in, uh, in the, the game that the Chiefs won against the Buffalo Bills. With 13 seconds he left. He wore it in the game? No, no. He wore it in the game. It must be and a, so, a tough piece of technology. So when Butker, the kicker, when he kicked the, the game tie and field goal, uh-huh. Mahomes' heart rate went up to 160. Just watching it. Oh, how did you know it? You, you can tell the, on the... Like, yeah, they, they put, this, oh, they put on the, the stats on there. Okay. On the website. <laughs> I just thought that was cool that Mahomes <laughs> that cool. wears a whoop band in the game. It, that's, I mean, do athletes wear yeah. things on their, like, watches and stuff during Absolutely. games? Absolutely. Okay, that's crazy to me because I would think it would, it would, like, get broken. No. But, okay. I mean, you yeah. think about it, like, as a coach, if you have real-time data of that player, their oh, heart yeah. rate. Okay, yeah. Like, every, I mean, that's legit. Right. But, uh, yeah, like today, uh, acapella choir rehearsal, it got, it got wild. Just everybody's super excited about... Vikings on Broadway and the um, the the whole experience. But at the beginning of class today, I asked a question. I said, mm-hmm. "What is your most impactful moment that you've had being in the choir program?" And today there was so many awesome answers. Um, but the realization of the room that I wanted to make very evident to them was. You notice how no one's really talking about 
this amazing solo that they got or that they just got this sing and this amazing thing happened or yeah. we did this show or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was about little tiny moments. Mm -hmm. So moments like, um, what were some of the moments? Help me out. Uh, yeah, just some of the memorable things that were people shared. Like what? Um, like the senior speeches that we um, have before VOB Senior speech year. moments. Um, um, the senior party last year. Oh, yeah. After the last show. Yeah. And then one student Jack, Jack, I know okay. talked about his alter yeah. ego. Uh, he, he was talking about his freshman year, which would have been my sophomore year. We got alter egos. And a lot of them said their first two days in freshman choir, mm -hmm. which I thought was really eye-opening for me as a teacher to know, like, those first two weeks, the freshman, that experience is It's impactful. Huge. Yeah, it leaves, uh, leaves its mark. Yeah. And, you know, one, one thing that we do to help students find their voice is we have them stand up when we say their name. And so, like, I'll say, you know probably in the first couple of weeks of school, I'll say, you know, what's your favorite food? And people will stand up and they'll be like, spaghetti. And that's about how loud they'll talk. And then we go, Josiah. <clears throat> and we all clap. And, the, and they're clapping. The first time they do it is like this. And we have these booms that I call them. And they're like uh, drums that we use. And it's their responsibility to get the drums every day. Um, but they have to learn all that and they have to learn how to stand up and, and say something. Mm -hmm. Um, they have to learn to stand up and say something. They have to learn, uh, yeah. to acknowledge this person that has the courage to Which say. Which is hard for, well, anybody maybe, but especially for kids. It's hard for me. Yeah. Really? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't feel like being thankful. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I think uh, we're going to bring some of the students in. We're going to ask them that question. Uh, you know, how, how did you find your voice? At what moment did you find your voice? And so first up, we got Mr. Mark Thompson. What's going on? You're a junior? Yep. What are you doing today? Uh, um, I actually have a swim meet Ooh. about an hour away. You're going to cut some time? A lot of time. I'm in some new events today. We'll okay. see how it goes. All right. So Mark made it to KMEA Allstate also. So did Bree. Yeah. And so did Ruby. She's not in here, though. So, Mark, how'd you find your voice? Uh, I originally found my voice back in my freshman year. Um... Coming in to high school as an eighth grader, um, I was like most others. I had my head absolutely through the roof, my ego, and I was just coming in thinking I was going to be the absolute best in absolutely everything I did. So um, when I signed up for choir, I was like, man, I'm going to be the best singer out of the entire class. I'm going to be amazing. And literally day one, I was immediately shut down. Um, and, you know, it, over the years, it's really just kind of made me realize that, you know, ego is not the way to go. And, um, really finding my voice just came through 
lots of time and having to go through um, the hardship. But the biggest thing was was just finding my voice that first year. So you said the hardship helped you get through the to find your voice, the, the struggle, the. So today I, I read a passage in the meaning man's search for meaning. Bree's helping me out. She's making it big for me. Uh, that there are three things that give life meaning. Uh, Victor Frankel, Frankel, probably Frankel, Frankel, Frankel. I don't know. Yeah. Victor those two. Frankel was uh, a, a doctor psychiatry um, logotherapy is what he came up with instead of psychotherapy and logotherapy is a person going through the suffering mm. instead of um, like numbing or ignoring the suffering mm. um, it's about and in the story of Viktor Frankl is he he was captured and he was put in Auschwitz Auschwitz um, the concentration camp and uh, he came up with these three things of his uh, th- uh, his theory of psychology, but he calls it logotherapy, is number one, three things that give life meaning. Number one is creating a work or doing a deed. So his work was his book, what he wrote, all right? Doing a deed um, could be helping someone um, with some money or cooking someone food. Um, number two, encountering someone. So, hello, how are you? Meeting new people. Um, also, there, that one was also experiencing something new. And then the last one is going through suffering. Mm. Very, very just on the money, going through suffering. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people that you think about the hardest moments of your life, we're obviously still here. We learned some lessons with that, right? So, Mark, you know, what what is the hardest part as a freshman, sophomore, you know, in the choir program? What what's the hardest part, suffering wise, that made you find your voice? Um, one of the biggest parts for me, um, and it both affected me on and off. Uh, I would say it was my freshman year. Uh, summer coming into it, uh, my grandfather ended up passing away. And it struck me and my family really hard. And it was like just overall a giant moving point. And I had to push through the grief. And I mean, still, it just comes up today sometimes. I mean, not as, I guess, prevalent as it was before, but it's like, you know, you, you think it goes away, but then, you know, it never really does. But some of that, going through that suffering has, I don't know, made me stronger in a sense. Well, it, make, it makes us appreciate life that we have. You know, this time, you know, currency. This yeah. Time is really the only actual currency that we have. Yeah. And it's kind of made up. I mean, we just kind of made it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really good, Mark. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Mark is a junior, and for him to be so vulnerable and share that, you know, yeah. that's brave. Thanks, bro. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Thank you. Um, so, Billy? Yes. Uh, what, th- those three things that I said, mm-hmm. I'm asking you the questions. Okay. What, which one, uh, 
which one resonates with you the most about the meaning of oh, life? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Probably all of it. I mean, probably th- the toughest one is probably the third one. Just learning how to go through hard things and being willing to let them change you for the better. So yeah. you, you, you said um, learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a learning process, you know. Suffering <laughs> is kind of an education. Yeah. Um, huh. That, you know, and you don't, I think you have a choice. You have a choice whether or not, with all those things, you have a choice whether or not to experience people, whether or not to let suffering change you for the better. Or, hmm. What was the first one? Um, Creating a work. Whether or not, or yeah, or whether or not you give your life to that. So, yeah. Hmm. I like that. Do we have any other students that want to share? Okay, Brie, go. Um, I feel like for me, like I'm used to being disappointed by men. Like that's just how my life has been. Whenever I was three, my dad left. Dang, she just went right for it. <laughs> sorry, man. here we go. But that's, that's pretty <laughs> he intense. left, and he really didn't communicate with me or my mom or my sister whenever I was growing up. Like he just didn't care. That's how I took it. And so I um, moved to Kansas four years ago, and um, my mom actually had to move back to Oklahoma with my little sister. So right now I have a legal guardian, but it's just me, really. She didn't sign up to parent a 16-year-old, 17-year-old girl. So the hardest part for me was definitely learning to be on my own outside of it, but also having somebody like Mr. Bertho in, inside. And he, he shows so much like love and caring for me and I really appreciate it and I need that. So how'd you find your voice, Bree? How'd I find my voice? Yeah. Oh my goodness. By by being alone, you know, cuz I huh. usually listen to what people tell me to say, but I can't do that anymore cuz it's just me. And you've shown me that it's okay to be me and it's okay to say what I need there to say. There we go. Especially like freshman year, you really would just want to be a cool kid with everybody and you want to know everyone and you want everybody to know who you are and you really want to be the best one. But that's not the point of this program in any way, shape or form. Like I just, I really wanted to be friends with everybody and I wanted everybody to like me, but now I don't care what anybody Hmm. thinks about me. Another junior. (laughs) Solely because he's shown me that I am the most important person in my life. Wow. Shoot. Hmm. You wrap that up good. Huh. I love it. Billy, do you have any questions today? For who? You or Bree? Anyone. Um, how do you do it, man? How do you get through those rehearsals? Oh, today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just couldn't. I don't know how you do it. I mean, when you're gone, sometimes we, I have to be there by myself. And... And it's hard. It's hard for me. And we don't, it's, it's a struggle. But, um, so I've, I've, I've that appreciation of seeing you, you know, go through, do things like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's my question. Well, I can, I, I know why it's hard for anyone to step into that room. It's because. Oh, you're outnumbered. You're outnumbered. (laughs) Big time. And there are 53 people that have found their voice. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, right. They're very assertive. Very assertive. Very, uh, very strong. Very, very strong. Very independent. Independent, yep. 
which I'm proud of, you know. Created monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, it feels Three like that. Monsters. Mr. Bert, though. Yeah. What do you do, like, what process do you take to help us find our voice? Like, what do you do? Okay, well, you know, I touched on it at the beginning. I have, when I do roll call, I have the students stand up. And they say the prompt that I give them, like, what's your favorite food? Or, you know, today in acapella in the choir, it was, uh, you know, what's the what's the the moment the that impacted you the most in the choir program? And I just had that question that came up to me today because um, I don't know. I wanted to know and I, I wanted to I wanted them to reflect on why their why of why they're there and it was really cool that majority of them said there was some suffering things that they went through whether it was the audition process or going um to senior speeches after vikings on broadway and mm-hmm. watching seniors just pour their hearts out and be so raw and vulnerable um, we had a, a boy share today, you know, how it just big time impacted him that his sister, you know, was so vulnerable and talked about the family and that just made him ugly cry, you know, like those moments you can't, you can't program them, you know, you have to let that happen. Um, you know, and there are times that I have to let things happen. Um, you can come in. There are things that there are times that I have to let things happen um, in the in the classroom environment because I know that it's supposed to it's supposed to be this way. Um, I you know and anytime I try to make something happen or control a situation, it never works out very well. Um, and so, you know, I've learned to go with the flow. Uh, to help people find their voice. I've learned when a student, like yesterday, there was a student in one of uh, one, the freshman boys choir that I can tell that this person has learned at a very young age that it's okay to say can't and it's okay to just quit. It's It's fine. It's fine to quit. It's fine to say can't. And one of the things I tell them is, can't does not belong in this room and how how dare you say that you can't as a teenager when you have such a great big life to live and you know should you limit yourself as a teenager with what you can do and that's you know that that's kind of where I start is getting them to stand up getting them to say a prompt to speak up uh, encouraging them to speak up encouraging them to um, give gratitude to someone in the room, give kindness to someone in the room, um, not just not just like superficial. Oh, your hair looks nice today, or your clothes look nice today. Um, but actual, like you know, it really meant a lot when you did this thing for this person. Those kinds of things. That was a good question, Bree. What else do you got, Bree? Um, what is your favorite part of the process? Oh, I mean, that's pretty easy for me. Uh, change tears. Hmm. Change tears. When a student 
doesn't quit in the breaking point. They, they literally stay inside the tears. Then they're crying in the process and they, they push through. And on the other side, this new version of them comes out and you never know when it's going to happen. You never know like if it happens in class or in performance after performance. Um, but that moment, I can already, I can always recognize that moment and always tell people, Hey, you just had a moment. Like that was big for you. And I'm excited to see what happens after this moment. I always, I always can recognize it immediately. Billy, do you recognize that moment for people? Probably not as well as you do. I mean, I guess maybe I've learned, learned to recognize it more. Yeah. I don't know if it comes as naturally to me. Well, you encouraged me the other day mm-hmm. uh, when I was helping that one person and okay. you were like telling me afterwards that, you know, mm-hmm. that I needed to, to do that. Like that you could tell like he, that person needed that encouragement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, change tears are my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, you know, people stepping into their greatness, watching that happen. <laughs> Um, I love that. You know, I, I loved uh, rehearsal today, watching students step into their role, like the parts that I gave them and watching them just dominate it. And, um, but it's always fun too to, to watch the person that wasn't, wasn't sure that they could do it. And, you know, everybody's been there. And that's one, that's one of the blessings I have as a teacher is, um, watching these moments happen. You know, uh, I, I, I can say Kinley's name probably, but, you know, like, it's really awesome for someone like Kinley to come in here and just be like, hey, this is not working for me, and I want to do this. Can I do that? And I'm like, yeah, you totally can do that. But just the awareness that, mm. you know, she's a sophomore in high school, the awareness to know, like, this is not working, and the assertiveness of that conversation too, like she's just very assertive, very strong in her presence and says, this is what I want. Can we make this happen? And I'm like, yeah, of course. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, I, I told the, the guys I went to uh, with the retreat, I told them how refreshing it was to have conversations with adults like we were having these deep, meaningful conversations. And I told them, and I wasn't joking, that the majority of those conversations, like the conversations that we were having at the retreat, those conversations I literally have with my students every day. (laughs) That depth. And I realized talking to these adults, these men, that, man, it's really rare that teenagers are having these kinds of deep conversations with me Mm. literally every day. And it starts out there in, in class when students stand up and they say a prompt and, and they, they speak a prompt and they say, this is, this is what it is, this is how I feel. You know, we've had kids talk about um, suicide. Mm-hmm. We've had kids talk about dads leaving. We've had kids talk about um, being abandoned. We've had kids uh, talk about um, drug use. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, in class, like 
just in a check-in, these students have the courage to share an acapella among 53 teenagers. This is how I feel. I was ugly crying. I, I went through this hard thing, you know? I did that once. I did do that once. Remember whenever, right before you guys went to New York with the summers class, the alumni, um, my mom just pulled this fast on me. I think you should move to Oklahoma after your junior year. And I was like, I don't want to do that because this, this place is my home and they're my family. Mm-hmm. And summer was my, like my sophomore year, freshman year choir mom. We have that here. Where summer, not the season, summer, the person. Summer Markley. <laughs> And um, she she just walked into the class um, in mixed choir, which is before acapella. And in mixed choir, I was super happy to see her. And then in acapella, it was just like hit me. I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't want to let go of this, you know? Like, I don't want to say goodbye to yeah. all these people. Because, like, even then, they just kind of walked in and they were just like, what's up, guys? And we all knew each other. And it was just, just like we were re- reconnecting, rekindling. Yeah. And Sydney said today, uh, the alumni choir thing that we did that summer. Um, I was very proud because, mm-hmm. you know, they all stood up and had real conversations just like these yeah. guys do now. And I think for Sydney and the current choir students at the time, they were like, wow, like everybody that has been through the choir program with Bertho and Billy have, have these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the process is something they understand really well and uh i hope that after listening to me and billy and brie and sydney and mark these these amazing teenagers Mm -hmm. that just share so openly yeah you know that you can feel like you can share openly also um because there's a voice inside of every single one of us. It's a real voice, an authentic voice, and you only get one. And my job as a teacher is to help people find their inner voice and help it become their outer voice so that they can stay the same. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace.